Do you believe the hype when they say that AI technology is taking over the world? And before you know it, they're going to run everything. And people are going to be hiding, like in the movie The Terminator. Is that the world that we're living in, where all of our electronics, even our toaster oven, is out to get us? Welcome to Earth Stories, special episode by York Campbell. I was invited to a panel on the Right Hive Conference. Right Hive is a collection of different writers from all walks of life. So every year they host a conference, and topics range from how to publish your book. How to tell more convincing stories? I was on a panel about AI technology when it comes to publishing. It was really enlightening, and I thought because this is a special episode, I'll share some of that with you. So what you're going to hear is a snippet of that panel discussion. And just before I get started, thank you so very much to Tiffany C. Lewis that got me acquainted with Right Hive. And when you hear this discussion, hopefully this will be the definitive answer of what AI technology is, because as you know, on this show I talk a lot about robotics and pretty much AI. It helps fuel the stories that you've listened to in season six, and also in the upcoming season seven. So sit back, relax. Put on your headgear and listen to this special episode. Then I'll talk to you on the other side. Resistance is futile. Hello, welcome to Ride Hive 2023. This panel is titled "AI Generated Content and Publishing" in a subtitle: "Panel Most Likely to Cause a Flame Alarm." Comments. I'm your moderator for this panel, Tim Boffman Jr. I am a writer of science fiction and dystopia uh, with a series centered around artificial intelligence and robotics. I volunteered to moderate this panel not only because of my interest in the field itself, but so also through the expertise of the folks on this panel. It will hopefully allow me to know how soon I will be out of the writing job because of AI and have to begin performing manual labor, which I am certainly not built for. With me today, I have four wonderful panelists, and I do want to take a moment. To introduce those folks now before we get into active discussion and questions. Uh, so I will begin with Evan Milanas. He is the writer of the speculative fiction novel The Hush. Hello to you today. Thank you. Really nice being here. I'm very excited and very much looking forward to um, to this discussion that is, has ruffled a few feathers. So flame on. Uh, next we have El Marie Wood. Elmarie Wood is a two-time Bram Stoker Award and Riesling-nominated author. Hi, I'm excited to be here. Thank you. Next on our panel is Andy Dibble. His fiction appears in Writers of the Future, Diabolical Plots, Mysterion, Sci-Fi Journal, and others. Hello, Andy. Hi, I'm looking forward to this. Last but certainly not least, we have York Campbell. York is the host of Welcome to Earth Stories, a science fiction audio drama. York, hello today. 
Hey, thanks a lot. I'm grateful to be here. Wonderful. So we'll jump right into it. And I'm going to ask what is probably just some baseline setting for the readers, as I know that there's probably folks with different levels of knowledge about AI, both in general and within the content publishing spaces. I want to just kind of go around and get what each of you think that we, both myself and then those who are watching or listening to this panel, what do you think we should know about AI-generated content as kind of a baseline? Well, I think that, and we'll get into this debate, right? AI content is generated by culling copywritten materials out in the world, but then there is no way to properly cite or recognize any of that other, or the material that's been pulled from because it's a conglomeration of all the stuff. In late March, more than 1,000 technology leaders, researchers, and other pundits working in and around artificial intelligence signed an open letter warning that AI technologies present profound risks to society and humanity. And I think that that is a really, really important thing to remember, um, especially in the academic space. In fact, I had a, a student do a presentation on this just yesterday, <laughs> and we talked about, you know, the fact that you can't cite the source, you can cite the tool, but you can't cite the source. And so therefore the people who created the material that is helping to formulate this thing, whatever the end product is, are not getting acknowledgement and certainly not getting any royalties or monies associated with that. So just that's, that's if I wanted to bring up something to start the conversation with, that is something to remember and keep in the forefront of your mind. Uh, York, I'll go to you next. What, what, what do you think is important to know about AI-generated content? The group, which included Elon Musk, Tesla's chief executive, and the owner of Twitter, urged AI labs to halt development of their most powerful systems for six months so that they could better understand the dangers behind the technology. I think it's important to know that it's artificial. It's not authentic. It can be used as a tool to help you, but it shouldn't be used as a tool to overtake everything that you're doing as an author or as a content creator. It's there as a guide. It could be weaponized. Also, there's dangers with it as well. It's sort of like, it's sort of like using the force. If you only knew the power of the dark side, Obi-Wan never told you what happened to your mother. There's a good side of AI and there's a dark side of AI. No. I am your mother. It's not true. That's impossible. Search your feelings. You know it to be true. And it's up to you to know the difference. York just gave the answer of the day just now. It's like <laughs> using the force. I mean, <laughs> we need to write that down. <laughs> so, yeah, kind of launching off what Elmarie said. I mean, a AI content... It's the product of sophisticated mimicry. Say that again, soldier! Of sophisticated mimicry. So AI has been through most, maybe all of the, you know, public internet. You know, found a lot of statistical relationships between words. Developed concepts about those words. And then, you know, generate a statistically likely response given, you know, the input it, it's been pro provided. I actually read an interesting uh, article uh, about a uh, linguist, I think at Stanford, uh, several weeks, weeks ago, named Emily Bender. And her idea actually is that AI is like advanced bullshit. The idea here being that 
it has concepts of truth, but truth doesn't regulate its speech like it regulates our speech. It's not, you know, trying to like, you know, produce utterances that actually map to the world. It's just trying to produce utterances that are similar in some important sense to what it's already seen, and that could be true or false. There are a couple of things that I think everybody has pretty much mentioned. What are the um, what is the technical background? Essentially, you have a uh, piece of software that reaches out into a big lake of data and just takes bits and pieces and collates them together in using some sort of uh, log, um, algorithm. There are a couple of considerations to me. One of them is, is this ethical in the sense that people have said, um, essentially we're talking about sampling, what other people have created. I shall call him Minimi. Unacknowledged, potentially copyright uh, material, putting it together and passing it off as something original. You could argue that we're having exactly the same kind of conversation as the, the discourse that took place in hip-hop with sampling. Personally terrified by the prospect of the industrial revolution being brought and imposed on artistry. Because this is the first time in history where the, the process of art, the process of creation, has been taken away from the hands of the artist and been put into the hands of corporation. Because we are talking about an automation tool. We are talking about something that can be owned by either a government with whatever that means. And I'm fairly certain that governments have never, ever done anything bad <laughs> in the existence of humankind. Do you think that we will be looking back at the early days of AI and academics, you know, that we're going through now, much in the same way that somebody who is 15 years removed from high school now looks back at the discussions around Wikipedia at the time. Perhaps, but we could even go further back and think about Cliff Notes and Spark Notes and things like that. You're not watching the play or you're not reading the play. Forget watching the play. That was I was giving that as an, as an option for some students. You're not reading the work. You're not, you know, actually going through the work yourself. You're going to Spark Notes or Cliff Notes before Spark Notes and buying the book from the store, which used to just gall me, even as a student. I don't know. Maybe I was that kind of, I was that kind of kid, but just you buy the book from the store and you're reading through this thing and then you're writing based upon someone else's assessment of the material. Now we're finding that students are submitting work created by AI. High school is sounding a note of concern about student cheating, including the suspected use of artificial intelligence to answer test questions, as senior students prepare to write exams this week. You know, their essay is completely, before they would just go to Sparknotes and maybe even copy the thing verbatim and then submit that, and that was so obvious that it was done. Now this is being generated by putting out some sort of a prompt and then it generates your paper for you. Here is your 5,000 word article about the fall of the Roman Empire. And we're not always catching it. So that's going before, beyond the Wikipedia. Wikipedia in and of itself has gotten better, mind you. There's been some regulations that have gone into play in the past like 10 years, but still in all, I mean, you're still gonna find some links that are just not, they're not useful. You, you can't just, anybody could write. I have a doctorate in English, in creative writing. Not in, you know, biology, but I could write a paper and because I have, I can say doctor, you know, Lisa Wood, PhD, I can say that. 
you don't know that my doctor has nothing to do with biology and I have no right, reason to write this specific paper at all. I can only write about the stuff I know about, but no one's going to be doing that research and Wikipedia allows for people to do that. It's, you can still do that. And so therefore it's not something that you should cite. Neither is just created document, you know, that's pulled from all other sources. So yes, I think the conversation will will be had, but it's going to go even further back to when we were dealing with Cliff Notes and that was written by whomever. We don't even know who. Well, I look at it in an entertainment point of view because my podcast, Welcome to Earth Stories, is a science fiction anthology series. And so just taking note of what you said the other day ago, I have uh, 11 labs. It's a AI tool with different voices, AI voices. Also, also this tool allows me to copy any celebrity. And it's just crazy. It's just, it works really, really good. So I was completing one hour episode of my upcoming show, played it for my wife to see what she thinks with the AI voices. And there was uh, an, an, an uneasiness. She couldn't really put her finger on it. It was, it wasn't, it felt real, but not really real. And so she said, well, um, you know what? You need to go back and you need to, um, you need to hire your voice actors again. She's not a podcaster. She's just a regular person. So I listened to it and I said, yeah, it sounds real, but the emotions is just not there. How dare you? So I got on my phone. I called my buddies and said, hey, I need some help with this project. So I got rid of the AI voices, cleaned it up a little bit, and now it sounds more authentic, more human-like. I think that's what's missing with my part of the entertainment world with the AI voices. The emotions are not there. So I held back with some of it. I still use it with Welcome to Earth Stories and Beta Rita Bits and some other podcasts I produce, but I do so sparingly. So that's my take of it. As I said from the jump, I could weaponize it, use it, and in a dastardly way, and I was tempted to with some celebrities, but my son tapped me on the shoulder thankfully and said, Um, do you really want to do that, Dad? And I said, you're probably right. So I'll just use whatever I have so far. Thank you so much for listening to this special episode. If you could do me a favor, if you could reach out to me, let me know that you are still a listener to this show. I would definitely appreciate it. My handle is the old podcast name. I haven't changed it yet. I'm on Twitter that they now unfortunately call X. My handle there is Poetic Earthling. Please send me a DM. I would like to know how you think of season six and what you think of the special episodes as well. So I am still writing season seven, and I thank you so very much for spreading the word about Welcome to Earth Stories. Also, please listen to Experimental Stories. That's my spin-off podcast. Remember, be kind to each other. Be a good earthling. And I'll talk to you soon. Season 7 is arriving next year. York Campbell or his <clears throat> AI replacement will be back for more breathtaking stories. In the meantime, you can hear him ramble on and on at his new show, Experimental Stories. 
You can find experimental stories on your favorite podcast player or on our website, welcometoearthstories.com. All right, this girl has to let her hair down and take a chill pill. Remember to buy Yorka coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash earthstories. The money will be used to improve the show or something like that. Anyways, talk to you soon. Welcome to Earth Stories.